the compassion of Jesus despite our wretchedness. On what scale is your leprosy? Today our scripture reading challenges some traditional ideas about God's very nature, such as those of a stern and angry remote figure way up in the sky like some Norse thunder god or the unmoved mover of Greek philosophers. It may surprise us to realize that he is close and caring rather than distant and remote. We read in Mark 1.40, A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Leprosy is a terrible disease. Back in 1981, I visited a leprosarium in Nigeria where many people were suffering from this disease. It's just terrible to see so many people wrapped up and different limbs missing and the sense of gloom and despair overshadowing the camp. The origin of the word itself is interesting. The root word in Greek comes from lepra, or scale, thus describing this disease by its scaliness. In Hebrew, the root is a smiting or a stroke because the sickness was regarded as an infliction directly from God. The Bible Dictionary says this disease, quote, begins with specks on the eyelids and on the palms gradually spreading over the body, bleaching the hair white wherever they appear, crusting the affected parts with white scales and causing terrible sores and swellings. From the skin, the disease eats inward to the bones, rotting the whole body piecemeal, end quote. How terrible. The Bible Dictionary goes on to say, In Christ's day, no leper could live in a walled town, though he might in an open village. But wherever he was, he was required to have his outer garment ramped as a sign of deep grief, to go bareheaded, and to cover his beard with his mantle as if in lamentation at his own virtual death. He had further to warn passers-by to keep away from him by calling out, Unclean! Unclean! Nor could he speak to anyone or receive a return of salutation, since in the East this involves an embrace." So, with the isolation and social distancing measures of COVID-19 and our recent lockdown, perhaps we're getting a sample of what the lepers experienced for the rest of their lives. What is leprosy, scientifically speaking? Uh, Centers for Disease Control says it's known as Hansen's disease. It's caused by Mycobacterium lepri. It says, these bacteria grow very slowly and may take up to 20 years to develop signs of the infection. The disease can affect the nerves, skin, eyes, and lining of the nose. The bacteria attack the nerves, which can become swollen under the skin. This can cause the affected areas to lose the ability to sense touch and pain, which can lead to injuries like cuts and burns. If left untreated, the nerve damage can result in paralysis of hands and feet. In very advanced cases, the person may have multiple injuries due to lack of sensation, and eventually the body may reabsorb the affected digits over time, resulting in the apparent loss of toes and fingers. Does leprosy still occur today? It says each year about 150 people in the United States and 250,000 around the world get the illness. Thankfully, nowadays, treatment is available involving a combination of three antibiotics. The origins of leprosy were mysterious in Bible times, and it takes about 20 years for it to develop, so it was viewed as a direct smiting from God. It is associated with covering and hiding and shame and alienation. In essence, the person became untouchable 
never able to become intimate or close. They were cast-offs, forbidden from interaction with society. What is our leprosy of the soul? In what areas have we lost sensitivity, become numb to others? To what degree might this physical illness be representative of our spiritual disease? Last week, we saw a story of police in Edmonton forcing homeless people to leave an LRT station in very freezing temperatures without options of a safe place to go. That seems heartless, but were the police not just doing their best to enforce bylaws? When have we been insensitive to others and forced them to do things which, in hindsight, were uncaring? One day this past week, I used very hurtful words to my spouse when I was upset. Later on, she was able to help me realize how pained she was by what I said. I was very convicted and tried to sincerely apologize, but the damage had already been done and I know it hurt her deeply. It is all too easy to be uncaring and insensitive to those around us, even our neighbors. Recently, former MMA fighter Gina Carano was kicked off the Disney Plus show The Mandalorian for a tweet which said, Jews were beaten in the streets not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children. Because history is edited, most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? Quote. It's all too easy to find excuses to distance ourselves from others and to put them down. Sin eats away at our sensitivity. It blocks our love for others. It puts a scale over our souls, like leprosy infecting and rotting our heart. Next section, Christly compassion, a God with guts. If we're not careful, pagan notions about God can creep in. We have ideas from Aristotle of God as some kind of unmoved mover. Even our catechism descriptions can become sterile and remote. However, we see in this passage, God is not like that. Verse 40, the leper said, if you are willing, if you choose, you can make me clean. Verse 41, Jesus asserts, I am willing. I do choose, in the NRSV, be clean. Sometimes life circumstances can make it seem like God is distant and remote and uncaring. But often God's mercy and compassion does shine through if we look for it. Recently, our Red Maine Coon cat named Regal Red was away for several nights, the better part of a week. We were sure that we had lost him. There are many predators around which could have disposed of him. A hawk, an owl, a coyote. But after many nights, Patty was surprised to suddenly hear the sound of a cat again outside that sounded just like Red, and lo and behold, there he was. We were very happy and thankful that God had spared his life and brought him back to us safe and sound. So, don't miss the mercies and the compassion of God that we see when it occurs in the midst of a fallen world where life is painful for many. God's feeling and emotion stand out in this passage. The word compassion literally means bowels, as in the intestines, the heart, the lungs, the liver, and so on. So today we might express it like this. You feel it deep down in your gut. Christ has compassion on the leper down to his gut level, his very innards. He's moved. We also detect God's strength of emotion in verse 43. 
Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning, NRSV says sternly. Robinson's Word Pictures comments on strong warning in verse 33. It says, It is a strong word for the snorting of a horse and expresses powerful emotion as Jesus stood there face to face with leprosy, itself a symbol of sin and all its train of evils. End quote. Here we see God's consternation having created a good world and yet seeing it rotting away as a result of the fall in the Garden of Eden and the resulting sin and maladies which have brought plagues and death and destruction on humankind. What must have surged through Jesus' heart at this point? Next session. Don't miss the value added. Now Jesus doesn't just heal the man and that's it. Jesus uses the occasion as an opportunity for God's glory to be highlighted. Verse 44, see that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Now notice Jesus is emphasizing using this healing as a testimony that is to shine the spotlight on God's goodness and God's power, God's graciousness to us in our fallenness. What's your testimony? In what areas has God been gracious to you so that you might go out and tell others about his goodness and his mercy upon you? John Newton, a one-time slave trader and merchant in human bodies, following his conversion, wrote the famous hymn, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. We are wretched in our sinfulness, the hardness of our hearts, the self-focus of our souls. Leprosy can be cured, but can this deeply embedded tainting of our very nature be overcome? We need divine help. Instead of doing what Jesus says, the former leper goes out, and we read in verse 45, instead he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. So what was healing for one man became a problem for the healer. Jesus became the one isolated and lonely and cut off instead of the leper. So for us wretched and disobedient woeful people, Jesus has become isolated and cut off from his heavenly father at the cross for our sakes to bring atonement for our sins. The parallels between this passage and Isaiah 53 are striking. We read there, he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Just as people must have turned away in disgust from some of the suffering of the lepers that they met on the way. Isaiah 53, 4 says, Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. Now remember the Hebrew word for leprosy, tsarath, means a smiting, a stroke. Isaiah 53, 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Isaiah 53.8 continues, For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was stricken. Jesus was cut off for our sakes. 
just as we have been suffering lately from lockdown and isolation and being cut off from those we love, how much more was the Son of Man cut off for our sakes, cut off from his loving Heavenly Father with whom he had enjoyed dear fellowship from all eternity. In Walt Langren's story of the ragman, uh, the ragman starts out strong and tall and muscular, but in exchanging people's old rags for new, the, the ragman himself somehow mysteriously ends up taking up the afflictions of those he meets. He becomes himself afflicted, quote, old and frail, weeping and bleeding, staggering and falling, his body racked with pain, sorrow and disease, end quote. And they instead become healthy, strong, cured, restored. That is what we are celebrating in communion. Christ taking our place, shedding his blood for our restoring and cleansing. Next section, compassion in practice. The leper went on his way, talking freely, spreading the news. The verb for talking freely is literally to proclaim or preach, heralding a big announcement. What difference is your faith meeting with Christ today going to make in your sensitivity to others this coming week? As he lifts you from your wretched, rotting sinfulness, are you made whole to have compassion for others? A recent example of compassion to inspire you. In Texas, thousands of sea turtles, stunned by the cold waters and the recent deep winter snap, have been rescued by volunteers. They were brought by the truckload to a South Padre Island Convention Center. The Guardian News reports, The South Padre Island Convention Center started pitching in Monday when its neighbor, Sea Turtle Inc., could no longer handle the number of sea turtles being dropped off, and their mostly outdoor operation had lost power. There's compassion again, not just for the turtles, but for one's neighbor. Compassion cares for others when they can't care for themselves. Ira Bayok tells the story of how years ago, anthropologist Margaret Mead was asked by a student what she considered to be the first sign of civilization in a culture. The student expected Mead to talk about fish hooks or clay pots or grinding stones, but no. Mead said that the first sign of civilization in an ancient culture was a femur or thigh bone that had been broken and then healed. Mead explained that in the animal kingdom, if you break your leg, you die. You cannot run from danger, get to the river for a drink, or hunt for food. You are meat for prowling beasts. No animal survives a broken leg long enough for the bone to be healed. A broken femur that has been healed is evidence that someone has taken time to stay with the one who fell, has bound up the wound, has carried the person to safety, and has tended the person through recovery. Helping someone else through difficulty is where civilization starts, Mead said. End quote. That takes compassion. Earlier we referred to Gina Carano's tweet about Jews being beaten in the streets by their neighbors. This week, BBC carried the story of how hundreds of Dutch Jews, traders, salesmen, tailors, and others, died in a secret Nazi gas chamber in 1941, much earlier than previously thought. Yet while the rounding up of Jews was going on in Holland, other Dutch people were quietly hiding and protecting Jews until they could be secretly taken out of the country to safety. You may remember the story of Corrie ten Boom and her family. Her watchmaker father welcomed and hid Jews until his own family was found out and taken to concentration camp. It's the story behind the movie The Hiding Place. That is compassion, 
to care enough for the plight of another to risk becoming involved. Against all social wisdom of the time, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. Verse 41. Who needs your hand, your touch? I close with this quote from Corey Ten Boom that may point to compassion as a way for love to travel when there's hurt involved. Corey Ten Boom asked, Do you know what hurts so very much? It's love. Love is the strongest force in the world. And when it is blocked, that means pain. There are two things we can do when this happens. We can kill that love so that it stops hurting. But then, of course, part of us dies too. Or we can ask God to open up another route for that love to travel. As we prepare now for communion in this context of loving compassion, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for not being disgusted by the person suffering the leprosy, but instead reaching out to make them well. Thank you for not writing us off on account of our wretchedness, but going to the cross so our filthiness could be exchanged for your righteousness. Shatter the self-sufficiency of our hearts and hardness of our souls, we pray. Send your Holy Spirit to quicken in us your love and gentleness and kindness. Make us bold to testify freely and widely about your grace to us. We confess to you our sins in silence. We ask, Holy Spirit, your presence in this holy ordinance. Make this bread and cup be for us the body and blood of Christ that we might become his, friend, his hands and feet in the world today, led by our Heavenly Father. We ask it in Jesus' name, who taught us to pray together. Please join with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And now we'll gather our elements for communion. Starting from Matthew 26, 26, we read, now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. O Lord, come. Whenever we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. The body of Christ, broken for you.
the blood of Christ shed for you. Hey, the Holy Spirit well up in your hearts to eternal life. Grace be to all who love our Lord Jesus with an undying love. Amen.